Welcome to The Big Remote. My name is Andy Pullane. I'm an independent service designer and innovation consultant, trainer and writer. We're in the middle of an unprecedented social experiment with so many people working remotely and many entire families staying at home. Yet there's so much that still connects us together and that we can learn from. Maybe this is all new and you're discovering a new lifestyle. Maybe you've been working remotely for years and now everyone else in your team or your company is doing it and your family too. The Big Remote dives into guests' remote work and collaboration tips, remote life hacks, tips on entertaining yourself and your kids, personal stories and more. My guest today is none other than Dr. John Curran, the host of Decoding Culture on This Is HCD. John, welcome. Hey, Andy. Uh, thanks for having me as the guest. I think it's really important that we're having this conversation. It is indeed. So I found it very interesting that you said that earlier on, which is um, that social distancing is the wrong phrase, that it mm-hmm. should be um, physical distancing. Because actually, really, people have got sort of a bit more social, haven't they? That's, yeah, I think well, they become even more social. I mean, that's uh, the funny thing is, I, I think someone mentioned this when we spoke, that people, you're getting to know your neighbours. Yeah, I did. I said it's weird. Isn't that was it. it. You, okay. So social distancing or self-isolation means you get to know your neighbours, right? Yeah. It's, I find that I'm making it a point now, speaking to friends, mate, but not just, well, friends in, in work, but also friends, friends, and just saying, yeah let's actually book in a time when we speak instead of it yeah. let's just catch up and give you a call your mindset if you know that i'm speaking to my mate john yeah. at three o'clock just to catch up but it's in the diary it gives you a structure of you looking forward to that so your time with him is much more focused yeah it's interesting isn't it there's in in um uh the book Make Time by um, John, um, Jake Knapp and uh, uh, John Zeratsky. They're the two Google Sprint guys who then yeah. did this book called Make Time. And it's all about um, this idea that uh, people say, oh, I don't have any time and so forth, so forth. We actually do. You just kind of squander it a lot. Mm. Um, but part of it, it's not really about sort of productivity. That's what's nice about the book. It's actually more about making time. And it, it starts with a story from one of them where he said, you know, I was playing with my kid, you know, the railway, wooden railway on the, on the, you know, on the floor, like a three-year-old or four-year-old or something. And this kid just went, dad, why are you on your phone? And he said, I, I have no idea how my phone even got in my hand. And mm-hmm. then I suddenly was checking email and, I, and, and they have this idea of um, infinity pools so anything that you sort of scroll, you know, pull down to refresh, where you can just scroll and scroll and scroll and it never yeah, yeah. finishes, right, is uh, you, know, you can just dive into this pool and yeah. you never come out again. And so a lot of the things in it are about kind of, you know, calendaring off deep work time, at, you mm. know, at the beginning of the day, a couple, two, three hours, and having kind of one thing, you, your highlight, they call it, where you just kind of focus on that one thing in the day and so forth. So there's a lot of stuff around that. But one of the things in it was put sort of schedule call social calls with people so so i'm pretty sure it's them i can't um, i could be wrong i could be completely making this up but i'm very certain it was from them where it was like you know um intentionally have a call with your loved ones or friends and so forth and schedule that rather than yeah we must catch up sometime that's it that's it it, exactly yeah yeah Yeah. and also because you say that with friends when we don't have social distancing and we say we must catch up soon we must do a beer soon we must do you know, we must do dinner. And it it does, and I, I'm guilty of this, but it becomes a throwaway term yeah, saying, I, I'd kind of like to see you more, but... But life, not so much that I'm actually going to bother to arrange it, right? Yeah, or kind of just life is really hectic and busy. 
you know, yeah. and it's just like, oh, it, it almost becomes a metaphor for saying, you know, let's imagine if we were. But now that we're in this situation of kind of semi-self-isolation, where yeah. human contact, not physical contact, but the sound, the visual, yeah. is really important. Yeah, yeah. You know that actually you want to give it more value. So you do book it in. It's interesting, isn't it? Well, it's, it's again, it's that intentional thing. And so I, there's a kind of, you know, Jerry was talking about um, maybe we should do some stuff on a on one of the This Is HCD sort of, um, you know, coffee chat calls where we do some sort of mindfulness or yoga or something. And, you know, I think what's interesting about all of this in, in so many levels is it, it makes you mindful again, right? And mm. there's been this kind of mindless you know in business too like everything has to be fast and everything has to be done quicker and we have to be agile and we have to be sprinting and all of that stuff not really kind of with intent of where to just knowing that you know we need to be somewhere you know where we're not everyone else is in front of us and mm. you know obviously classically social media or classically you know recently social media has, has kind of had that but i i think it's true i mean i really noticed it in australia where the kind of the good life and it's a lifestyle culture right you know mm. the, the car the house the you know the the body and all the rest of it um kind of led to this feeling like it was like kind of living in instagram in that you just constantly felt like everyone else's lives were yeah. better than yours yeah. and um and when you spoke to people though you turned out that wasn't the case but i think that it leads to a kind of mindlessness of just striving for more all the time and i think one of the interesting things about this kind of forced stop and slow down is you really have to be in, in intentional about what you're doing right? mm. you really have and i've seen it with businesses too of who are suddenly having to do things online you can't just take the offline you know the face-to-face stuff and then do it remotely you actually have to go back to basics one of the things i learned with online teaching which is well, what's the intent here you know what am i mm. trying to what am i actually trying to get across what are we trying to do and then what tools are going to kind of, you know, help us do that or what activities rather than, oh, yeah, workshop, that means we do this activity, this activity is supposed to, no, it's like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. How's it been that's for a, you on that? Yeah, well I, th- I, well, I think just going quickly going back to this idea of mindfulness and being present, mm. I wonder how much, so this is kind of uh, empirical observations and also my behaviours, but how much we being work and the world out there can learn from the, the, fam- yeah. the family unit now. Yeah. So what I've noticed my wife and I, what we're doing without much of a strategy towards it. I've got three boys and a typical thing, maybe around five o'clock in the afternoon will be one of them will come into the kitchen, open up the fridge, pour themselves a milk, a pint of milk, some biscuits and some crisps, and then they go back to their room. Now, I've never had an issue with that. I, I say that these boys are, they're growing. It's classic it, behavior, it, right? Okay, now I've said to them, guys, you can do this, but you're going to have to think about that. It can't be a pint of milk every time. Right? You know, right, yeah. now, or if there's a packet of biscuits or cookies, that maybe there are six cookies in there right? They'd be, and they're three of you, that's two each. Now, that doesn't mean over the two days you can take three. You've ha- you know, <laughs> think about it. So what happened, especially with my eldest son, he came in the other rationing, day. Rationing, right? Yeah, well, it's almost like rationing, but it's about also being... A bit, it's about consideration. It's about of the consideration. About, yeah. yeah, so the community and the social starts, starts at home. 
Yeah. That, that's, and there's a lot of that goes back into history with Confucianism in China, mm-hmm. this idea of the family, or it's Confucian, then the communist regime took over, but yeah, used yeah. the same principles about the family and the nation. Um, yeah. Ball being attachment theory. Yeah, it's all yeah. about the detachment, detachment, but the family is the unit. Yeah, yeah. So this is all natural. This isn't me trying to engineer a kind of moral no, no. code within the family. It's just like, hey, and even like today I was thinking about, well, you know, my boys have got PlayStation. Now, if they let in a goal on FIFA in the last minute, that, that PlayStation remote goes flying across the room. What will stop? <laughs> Rethink <laughs> that. You know, what about your phone chargers? And it goes into this idea, the, the, the podcast you did about ends. Yeah, and the, yeah and, with uh, Joe McLeod. Right, yeah, yeah. and I was thinking about that and how, how kind of relevant that is to where we are now. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it, it, it's, it, that goes back to slightly that mindlessness thing as well, which is, you know, um, you know, I think, I mean, I've said for a long time uh, uh, that the sort of leave, classically in service design, you have this kind of uh, awareness, join or sign up, use, sort of expand your usage and then leave and, and leave a service, end the service. How do you kind of, you know, and it could be, I, I don't want to be, subscribe to this broadband service anymore or it could be mm. you know and um and joe really sort of uh his sort of thesis about the whole thing and it really is a thesis as he really dived into it um was fascinating because of this idea of the whole energy goes into the acquisition right the marketing mm. the kind of unboxing experience on the onboarding and all of that and yet it's so mindless because it's like once I've once I've done you've done I've got you to do that bit I kind of don't care about my relationship with you anymore mm. and I say I as in me as the the organisation or or company providing this I just want to kind of hook you and then I don't care and it's it's always fascinated me with with telcos for example who classically have um, constantly tweaking their churn strategies right and I've spoken to you know CEOs from telcos saying yeah but you know how do we we need to we need a churn strategy and all the kind of tech guys coming and go yeah we've got some analytics that can tell you when someone is about to kind of leave and stuff and but when you actually look at like the call logs or read people's you know feedback on on the app store or even sometimes on their own forums it's, it's blindingly obvious why people are leaving right yeah they're just really pissed off and and if they actually bothered to kind of read that stuff they wouldn't need a churn strategy it's just actually the churn strategies not be rubbish yes yeah and, and and that's but that's not what people want to hear right so um but yeah but i think to, to bring it back to the sort of personal thing i think what people are finding in their um in their newly remote uh, states is is kind of two things. One is um, when you mix your family unit in with work, there's a kind of whole new dynamic there that you have to kind of negotiate and navigate. But it also means that you, the second thing, which is you cannot help bringing quite a lot of yourself to work in a way that previously you were able to kind of go to work and sort of put on a mask, literally put on a suit or a suit mm-hmm. of armor and put on a kind of costume to go to work. And that allows you to act in a different way to how you would act at home. Yes. And now a lot of that's kind of dissolving away. And I think that's quite, um, that's quite challenging for quite a lot of people because it probably is, you know, it's been this whole thing about the extroverts having a hard time, but I expect people who are, are not comfortable with being vulnerable. Yeah you know, emotionally vulnerable, uh, are having quite a hard time with that. That, that. I think that that's a really good point. And on that level also goes something, you know, that piece I wrote around virtual meetings, but also about being yeah. at home. Yeah. The idea of the multiple selves. 
Yes, yes. As personhood, who yeah. we are. And something I was taught when I did, um, when I was trained in executive coaching was the principle about how, in a way, you're the conductor of the orchestra, but all the different instruments are also you. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. So w- what you do in coaching, if you're having an issue, right, with your work or as a leader, you've got maybe two or three different voices. You get the voices to have a conversation. Now, one of them might be the negative Andy. Yeah, yeah. One of them must be the go, t- the risk-taking Andy or another Andy, right? But they're all, actually, what they're all trying to do is look out for you. So yeah. the kind of, the arrogant Andy actually yeah. has a role. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, sure. na- yeah, So yeah. you're playing. But then when it comes to this situation now, when I'm sitting with you talking here yeah. in our bedroom, when my kids are playing PlayStation, mm. who am, where's my sense of this changing identity? Am I just yeah. this kind of fluid oneness now? It's <clears throat> well, that's why I think. I mean, quite a lot of the recommendations about you know working from home. I mean, I kind of try and do it here. So my office door is you know ajar at the moment. Which it, now that we're recording, uh, probably shouldn't be. But I, you know, there's a bit of a kind of if it's closed, you know, that means I'm at work. And I know yeah. some people do things like. Um, even if it's the room next to their bedroom or whatever, you know, yeah. if they have a separate room and even people who are like, no, I've just got a desk on the other side of my room yeah. or I've got a, a sort of niche underneath my, my stairway, they will do, um, I put on some shoes yeah. and then I take them off again and I put on my slippers and, you know, little markers like that to kind of set your mind. And I think one of the things I'm incredibly bad at is, and it's partly because of smartphones as well is, um, you know, it's all kind of intermingled, right? I'm, I'm doing something, you know, the worst thing. Jake and, and uh, um, uh, John would be appalled by this, but, you know, I'm doing something with my kid and there's a little bit of downtime, so I kind of check a message from Jerry or something, sure, you know, sure. and, um, and that kind of stuff. So making those separations, um, when things are kind of normal is, is a lot easier, but the rhythm of the day is kind of completely that, um, yeah. changed as well right? it's like an avant-garde drum solo in a jazz <laughs> which you, you, you you're gonna have to explain yeah. that well you're not you, you, you're not quite sure where the drummer's going with this and maybe he isn't as well but somehow <laughs> okay. another, somehow yeah. or another it's going to come back yeah, to yeah, some yeah. some sense of groundedness and architecture right and yeah. i think we're in that middle of the drum solo going uh, what you know what, what's happening here going yeah. back to your idea of of actually, you know, working from home. So where we are, right, we both work from home. We've both yeah. been doing it for a while, or we both yeah. know these. So you've got this door that you can open or shut. Um, always there, actually. I had a kind of little sort okay. of gable upstairs. You, um, right, but uh, you yeah. found that in a way. You found that that was the thing that allowed you psychologically, but also communicated to other people. And I have got my studio in the garage next to the house, which yeah. is literally a metre and a half away from the kitchen door. Yeah. But that that's that's my commute. In psychologically it feel it smells different inside, it looks different from the house. So good. It, it is actual social distancing that. Right? Okay, right. They, right. But the key thing now is because everything's up in the air and we've got, you know, the kids running mm. around or or there's maybe your space isn't designed like our spaces that we've we've been. Yeah. How do you create that psychological sense of presence when you're working? So it could be like even just how your desk or the kitchen table is set out for that hour long period of when you're going yeah. to be working. 
Well, I, I think um, <laughs> it was funny that story. I think Hazel uh, told right on the on the this is HCD call today, where someone was uh, went into the kitchen where her husband was sitting with her his laptop, and she sat down with her iPad, and he looked up and said, "I've already got this meeting room booked." Right? Yeah, that's... <laughs> I, I mean, part of it is uh, negotiation, right? Yeah. So I think one of the things that's probably where the tension, you know, we're in into the sort of first towards the end of the first kind of proper week i think of even people who aren't actually kind of you know doing uh, in isolation and quarantine they are um kind of on top of each other more than they've ever been um mm. so it's kind of like i don't know if you've ever been on holiday uh well if you've always been on holiday even but and, and gone for a long drive you've ever been on a in a um what's the english word a uh um mobile home right yeah 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 and you uh, and you a motorhome yeah um and going on holiday or a camping holiday it's like the first week of that right where yeah. everyone is still trying to work out for me it reminds me of boarding school actually everyone's trying to work out what's the kind of pecking order here and what's the kind of routine yeah um so my guess would be if that's anything to go by um people will click into in sort of weeks two or three people will kind of click into okay this is how this this works and we've got a kind of routine but the the sort of friction of the first kind of week or two i think is pretty hard so i think one thing is negotiation i think the second bit is um you know is some kind of um well it's also communication really which mm. is uh you know uh, I need to have this chunk of time. I mean, we have kind of shared calendars, for example. So, you know, I know when my my wife has got clients or mm. is teaching yoga now online or and that kind of stuff. I think it's a lot harder for my uh, 11-year-old daughter to kind of, um, she just kind of, she's got homework and stuff to do, but she's sort of permanently at a loose end too. Um, and so it's harder for her, I think. I don't think she really kind of understands why all this is going on kind of properly. And we sort of tell her about it, obviously, and she's um, she's 11, but... I don't think she sort of deeply gets what's going on. Yes. So I think that's that's some of it. But I think the final part is um, partly about giving up on some of that um, work and life division. You know, mm. it's it's a it's a recent thing, right? I mean, mm. in in humankind, it's a recent thing. You know, industrial revolution is 150 what 200 years ago since it kind of really kicked off. 150 years properly. Or so, maybe a bit longer. And you know, the prior to that, you had um, craft cultures. You know, you had artisan cultures. You had people kind of in in you know cottage industries making stuff. You had um, sort of agricultural society where you know the kids and the family were all part of the of the business, right? Of running the farm, or of of you know whatever it was. And it was only really sort of industrial revolution that pushed all of those adults mm. <clears throat> into factories. And then the factory owners were the ones who started the first public schools, right? Because they, they, um, the kids had to go somewhere while the adults were working. And of course, you know, there's this also this whole thing of, you know, school is now sit still, do what you're told, learn rote tasks in preparation for going in the factory. If you were wealthy kind of elite and landed gentry well then you had your kind of private governess and tutor and so forth and it was kind of um, mm. a different affair but the idea i think of this of i'm now going to work and i'm just bringing my body to work to work in this factory and my brain is left behind and then we shifted to that kind of knowledge worker thing which already started to blend it right so if i'm in the shower and i have a great idea for something who does it belong to does yeah. it belong to my work you know my the the company i work for does it actually belong to me and all of that sort of stuff 
Uh, and I think uh, we set up this kind of artificial separation between work and life that is artificial and we kind of tend to forget it's artificial and we tend to think oh but that's business that's being professional and i i think most of that's bullshit yeah i think that's a really good point about the industrial revolution because there's that that whole entrance into the factory where you checked in and checked out right right. then the idea of leisure time came into play and weekends right and leisure time replaced church and that's where football became a massive thing because you went to the so Sheffield Wednesday the football team are called Wednesday yeah. is that's because the fact that's when the factory workers had half a day off to play football ah I didn't I didn't right. knew so, so, I always so, wondered uh, yeah knew so that. so it, 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 that's filtered into the whole industrial yeah. revolution so I, I like this idea of work-life balance maybe, yeah. maybe it's a it's a kind of it's a created thing based on the DNA being the industrial revolution. I mean, the yeah. two of us are creative, you know, we're, I'm an anthropologist, yeah. you're a designer, a coach, a thinker. If I'm reading something, if I'm reading an article, if I'm watching a film, I'm still analyzing it. I mean, is that yeah. work? Yeah. Is that leisure? I, you know, where, where am I supposed to? And even, it doesn't just have to be within the creative sector. I've got friends who are builders who've got their own building firms yeah. and yeah. they'll be doing something on a Saturday or maybe even a Sunday, not because they're workaholics. It's just yeah. how their mind thinks yeah. about getting yeah. a job done. And, you know, and it's this, I, it's, it's a very interesting point about this work-life balance. If we, if we don't have this notion of balance, then we're doing something wrong. But yeah, but yeah. if we don't have the balance, we're failing. And actually, maybe there's no failure. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I, uh, no, I think uh, I think it's artificial. As I guess, I th- yeah. think the whole construct is artificial. And and so, um, you know, my my wife's a union analyst, and I, I've been in analysis for ages. I I really think uh, kind of it's something that everyone should do. My yeah. analyst always kind of comes back to this, you know, this point that we are Stone Age people. You know, our bodies and even our, you know, our, our brains are still sort of Stone Age brains. Um, but we're living in this kind of very fast modern society. So even when, you know, you know, I used to live in Australia. So jet lag is one of those kind of killer things that your body just obviously, very obviously doesn't understand. But I have found that uh, mentally and psychologically, psychically, really, um, it takes a while for your, you to catch up. Right. Mm. You just you, and it's it's to do with your body too, obviously. But it, it really has. I have this feeling sometimes, like even when I've done a long train journey, like kind of you know three or four hours or five hours, um, and I kind of arrive and it's like my uh, my sort of psyche hasn't yet kind of arrived with me yet, and it kind of takes mm. a bit of time. And I really think there's some stuff in there that is um, probably frazzling our our Stone Age bodies and brains a little bit when. I'm kind of having this conversation with you. And so part of me, sort of the sort of very conscious part of my brain is, yeah, and I'm, I'm, we're having a conversation over Zoom and, and so on and so forth. There's going to be another bit of my, my body and my psyche that's like I'm, I'm talking to a, a piece of glass here and this doesn't mm. kind of, or a green light and this doesn't kind of make sense or a television. Um, and, uh, and, and so I think that's part of the kind of distance that's going on. And I just think it takes... I think it, I mean, I keep talking about muscle memory. I think it takes a little bit of muscle memory to get used to the fact that, as I guess you and I are now, mm. of this is a kind of mode of operating, right? Yeah. I think so for, for people for whom it's new, it, it's, it's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, think that, I think that that's, and remember, we go back to this idea of liminality. 
Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you know, I, I, I was thinking and writing about the whole Brexit process over three, four years being this idea of liminality that goes beyond just Brexit, but it was something else based on the yeah. financial, you know, uh, kind of collapse in 2008, 2007. And we, this this was all part of it, the rise of that. But now we're going to something else where I think you're right. It's the physical body. Yeah. Now, not, not just the sense of identity, but the physical body going through a process of liminality. Yeah, yeah. This is the ultimate liminal space, right? This kind of yeah. in-between space, neither here nor there, is a, is a video call, right? Right, exactly. It, it's, yeah. And what, I mean, look, if we think about futures, but this idea of what, what does the other side look like? And I, I was talking to one friend of mine and we were talking, you know, the, the, the language in the UK at the moment, especially within the political space, is the blitz mentality, the Second World War. We got yeah. through it. We got, but if you, think about, if you think about this through what actually did happen, if you think about rationing mm-hmm. and people use their front gardens as allotments to grow plants yeah, yeah. or grow, grow vegetables and, and things like that, yeah. and there was a sense of community... It was the fit, the time the nation was the most fittest because mm. everyone had food mm. rationed. It was it was the perfect amount. Okay, community. Then when it ended, the idea of suburbia and architecture on the outside of cities, people mm. started growing roses as a means of making a symbolic statement that we're no longer in this space anymore. So our front gardens became showpieces. Then the nineteen right, fifties right. came along, where it was complete conspicuous consumption. Yeah. You know, showing my wealth as an individual and as a family, community, it f- fragmented. Brand yeah. became everything. Or, or, or fast moving, you know, yeah, needing, yeah. needing, needing. Tupperware, great example. You know, this idea of the division of labor. Went. So my fear is that although we, we could completely radically change what our social contract is, we might also go down the other way, which is I need, I need to consume. Well, I mean, the Second World War is an interesting one, right? Because, you know, it was classically, certainly in America, you know, you had, uh, we need to save, we need to ration, scrimp and save, and, you know, don't, don't waste anything and so forth. And then the war ended, and then suddenly you've, had, you've trained a whole generation of people to, to be like that. And, of course, then post-war, it was like, no, spend loads of money, you know, buy this, buy that, and the, and the sort of the American dream was born, right, of um, mm. at the newly wealthy America from, you know, uh, from all the money that the, the um, United Kingdom gave America. For, uh, and so, you know, it was all of a sudden, it was the opposite, which was spend, spend, spend. Um, and so then that was the real kickoff of kind of consumption. And then once you bought more than you needed, or once you've got everything you needed, it was like, bought, buy more than you need, need with money you don't have. And that was the beginning yeah. of credit cards, right? And, and, and credit and debt. Um, and that sort of led us to, to kind of where we are now. And one of the things that I was, you know, it's hard not to take a, quite a sort of i don't know what kind of view it is there's certainly a kind of philosophical view probably a bit of a spiritual view on this and think if a month ago even you said you know what the world is going really fast everyone i know seems to be just kind of you know pedal to the floor flat out don't have any bandwidth for kind of personal connections and relationships their priorities are all kind of out of whack um everyone's kind of striving we're all consuming way too much our priorities are wrong. Sustainability is a massive problem. What we really need to do is kind of hit pause. 
Mm. And, you know, everyone just to kind of spend some time with their family and, and just not yeah. keep going out and, you know, consuming and all of that stuff. You know, it, it's not a kind of crazy conversation to have had a month ago. And now it kind of, it, it does feel like um, a couple of things. One is, you know, it's been enforced upon us and uh, it's very, very interesting to kind of be witness to this massive social experiment effectively. You know, and the slightly more sort of Gaia view of it is, well, it does kind of feel like the the sort of nature has gone, okay, I'm going to do this for you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Although, you know, you know that, well, like I said, that that's a bit more of a kind of tree-huggy point of view, but I, it's interesting to kind of think of it in that sort of systems way as well. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, I, I, you talked about bandwidth of social interactions. Well, actually, mm. the the idea of bandwidth as a thing of the internet is actually becoming an issue, you know, there's, yeah, and, yeah. And, and so you're seeing, well, it's the, like your sons with the milk, right? Right. Okay. But you're seeing now Netflix saying, we're now going to be streaming all our programs, not in high definition yeah, or what, yeah. you know, and if you, th- what, what is that saying? Not that we're, uh, we're, we're coming to collapse, but actually, you know, I want to kind of start reading up again on the slow food movement. Yeah. yeah. What, what were the principles about slow, about being present yeah. again? You know, and are we, can we actually see that with technology? You know, these things called mobile phones. Well, why aren't we using them for five years? Yeah. You know, it's got a camera. Why are we wanting that camera? We're not professional photographers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so so they're all, you know, all these interesting, interesting changes that are happening very rapidly through product, through technology that they're having. They know, you know, two weeks ago it was get the, the most amazing experience in your life. You're exactly right. And, and now it's, now it's actually, we're, go, of... we're going to take it down a little bit. You can still watch it, but we're going to take it down. And oh, are we ready that bothered? Are we like, uh, you know. I, I, I read a great little kind of, I don't know, it was a tweet or a post or something the other day. There's some, you know, there's quite a lot of musicians or fame, you know, pop stars who are kind of singing about, you know, washing hands or whatever and trying to sort of, or doing kind of live streams to kind of cheer yeah, people yeah. up and which on the one hand great you know you use your art to do that on the other hand uh, someone wrote i'm not sure that this is really the right timing for a kind of multi-million uh, um multi-millionaire to be kind of you know telling singing at me about kind of how we all need to do our bit and stuff yeah. it just yeah. felt kind of out, out of whack yeah yeah no definitely well john look it's been fascinating we're coming up to time if you had kind of one tip for people about kind of something they can do in this current situation from your anthropological lens and your cultural lens what would it be okay uh, that's a great question a couple of things one of which is for the next few days it's almost take it slow okay you need to look at things which is your space from a kind of 360 point of view it isn't just about you and work it's about who you're you're being present with okay that might be family kids it might be with flatmates so being slow is about not panicking it's about surveying the system being able to being able to kind of really just feel present with it and that's going to take time the second thing is about connectedness and community and one thing we've spoken about this idea of social uh distancing it's less about social distancing. It's more about physical distancing, but being very socially present. Um, and I think that it's about being able to really make sure that you're connecting with people. That's through the phone, through video, however, but really make that a priority. That intentional thing um, we were talking about before. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. John, thanks very much for being my guest on The Big Remote. Excellent. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for listening to The Big Remote. If you want to learn more about other shows on the This Is HCD network, go to thisishcd.com, where you'll find Power of 10 with me, 
ProdPod with Adrian Tan, Decoding Culture with Dr. John Curran, Ethnopod with Jay Hasbrook, Bringing Design Closer and Getting Started in Design with Jerry Scullion, and Talking Shop with Jerry, myself, and some of the other hosts. You can also sign up to our newsletter or join our Slack channel and connect with other designers around the world. My name's Andy Pullane. You can find me at pullane.com or apolane on Twitter. Thanks for listening and see you next time.